Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Kill the Messenger on today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are. Who we are. Kill the Messenger. Uh, it's it's it came out in 2014, so it's a bit of an older movie. And uh, as far as I'm aware, I think with the exception of Food Fight, which I did over a year ago now, uh, it'll be the only movie at this point that I've done a statistics episode on um, years after it was released. Uh, you know, I just got around to seeing it a few days ago. Uh, it's been on my watch list for a while. Uh, I've, if you look, if you've seen any of my lists on Letterboxd, it's been the placeholder for Jeremy Renner quite often uh, in the top 50 actors page or, or list rather to kind of keep him to represent the most popular film of his that I hadn't seen uh, and uh, I finally got to see it plus uh, it's a 2014 film so as I'm in the process of watching 2014 movies uh, that uh, may or may not factor into the 2014 Circle of Film Awards this um this was one of them. This is uh, this is one of them. So, all that said, um, before before we get into the statistics, uh, just a couple of things. This isn't. I don't expect this to be a typical, a particularly long episode. So I'm gonna kind of mull over a few things uh, out loud a bit before we move past them. Um, the first being that Monday's episode uh, is as right now is planned to be a an Oscar nominee nomination reaction episode uh, just to what got in what didn't um, maybe what I what I think might win or, or what I would pick to win of the given options and uh, what movies I still have yet to see which shouldn't be too many um, it's currently there's 11 movies I've left to see of the 59 that were all nominated so I've done pretty good there so far uh and then um so and then uh coming out in my area this weekend is um a couple of new movies um maze runner i don't know if that's going to be a review episode or not hostiles i've been pretty excited to see uh so that may end up being a review episode uh paddington 2 is another candidate uh i've already seen call me by your name but i am intending to go see it a second time um, as the first time I saw it was not in theaters. So I want to see it a second time before I had done a review episode for that. So I can see that coming into play um, within the next couple of weeks as well. And uh, so that's that's kind of the the uh, schedule. <laughs> not schedule, but like those are the, the episode ideas that I have rattling around. Um, and of course, you know, with February on the horizon, you know, the February month born actor top 10 actors is also on its way uh, I, again just like for january i don't think i'm going to be doing a scavenger hunt for february as i, I really don't i, I want to devote all um, as much time as i can early on in the year to try and um one catch up on 2017 films by the end because by the end of next month uh, i'm going to put out my 2017 circle of film awards and you know, at this point, 
uh, based on my spreadsheet, I have seen almost 350 2017 movies. Uh, it is easily the most, the highest quantity year of films that I've seen. And uh, I think 350 is more than substantial as there are only like 350 films eligible for the Oscars this year. So I, I pretty much work, made that work out. Um, there's really like, gosh, like one movie I really think I should see before, uh, before finalizing those nominees. Well, two, I guess. Hostiles is one. Uh, and then the other one is Foxtrot, which I have not been able to see yet. But other than those two, I really don't have any regrets about what I have or haven't seen. Uh, so that is coming next week. Um, if you check out the website, you know the 2018 Circle of Film Awards have already begun uh, tracking. And uh, there are some pretty awful films in the running at the moment. But that's kind of how every year starts. Although last year, I know when I started tracking the Circle of Film Awards, I didn't exactly use... Um, I, I didn't use the... Uh, what am I trying to say? I, I kind of ignored just kind of filling things in where they could. And waited until I had like five options that kind of made sense more so whereas this year if it if it's possible i put it in so that's how that works um and then the last thing uh as any of you know that listen to this show and have listened since uh for a while now uh my my ultimate goal besides you know being able to do this full time is to be able to put out an episode every day I want to do that. I would love to do that. Um, you know, I can't think of a, you know, of all the podcasts that I personally listen to, if the people who did those podcasts had like the available time and resources to put out an episode every day, uh, that would make me incredibly happy. I may, may never, you know, have finished listening to all of them, but all their, all their content, but I would just, I don't know, I, you, I would be drowning in content and that would be great. And of course, you know, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, the format doesn't really lend itself to a daily release. So I totally get that. Um, I think my, what I do kind of does uh, when, you know, I don't put out, you know, some of the podcasts I listen to are just movie reviews that are like step by step, scene by scene, frame by frame breakdowns of this of a movie, and it takes them like three to four hours to do it. And you know, you can't possibly, you know, do that every single day. So you know, you would have to change stuff if that particular podcast ended up releasing itself daily. Whereas, you know, just like today's episode is going to be, it's very easy for me to um, record this, it doesn't take very long, you know, all the like, all the setup for this episode, I do automatically when I put information into my spreadsheet. So it's not like I have a lot work to work on. You know, I'm not like doing any research for this. And I don't do that for, you know, most of my episodes, as it turns out, um, in case you haven't noticed. So uh, as far as uh, on that front, though, I am working on potentially bumping up the number of episodes to four. Uh, still, still in the deliberation process of that. Um, it it would 
it would be a very specific type of episode. Um, so it's not necessarily something for everyone to listen to in that respect, but I'm working on it. It's not finalized yet. I mean, it would be with another person. I don't want to do this kind of episode by myself. So I want to try and find somebody else to come on board with me for this episode every week. And, um, we'll see, uh, ironing out, ironing out the details, uh, going to see what I can make happen in that front. So that's, that would be four episodes a week. Who man, that's a lot. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then I guess also, um, as I mentioned before, I, I'm a member of the Indie Independent Spirit Awards. And I think I have, I don't know, a couple movies left of theirs to watch as well. But I will definitely release an episode about them and about the nomination process and about uh, my voting and my, my decisions in that regard because I do get to vote and that's so cool. So I will be sharing, you know, doing an entire episode. I'll go down the nominee. I'll go through all the nominees and I'll just tell you who I picked. Um, I, I think it's just you pick one. I don't know if it's like ranking them or not. I assume it's pick one, but uh, we will see. I, I don't know. This is my first time doing it. So, uh, let's, let's actually move on to today's episode, uh, Kill the Messenger. Uh, cool. So, uh, I'm recording this on the 25th. It's going to come out the 26th. Uh, that's Friday the 26th. I watched this movie January 22nd, 2018. Uh, that's Monday, right? Yes. <laughs> Shouldn't have taken me. Um, I clocked it at 116 minutes, just shy of two hours. It is a 2014 movie. And my summary is very, very simply, very, very simply, the CIA's dirty laundry is uncovered. Uh, that doesn't really tell you what happens in the movie, but I mean, I guess it does. The general gist is that Renner plays a journalist who re kind of reveals something that's the CIA has been covering up. Uh, it doesn't, I don't you know, watch it. It's based on a true story, and uh, it's pretty. The 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 actual subject matter of the movie itself is pretty damning. Um, regardless of like how well I think the movie is presented, I think the subject matter of it is is very interesting. Uh, I gave the movie a fifty six, so slightly above dead average at fifty. Uh, it, it features some good performances, but ultimately. Um, I really just felt like the movie kind of, I don't know, it, it played it safe a little bit a lot of the time, and we just, I barely even got to like fully understand Jeremy Renner's character. His performance is really good, but none of the characters are really well defined, and I think, like, this is kind of the same issues I have with Spotlight, and in, while I think Spotlight is a much better movie, um, both movies kind of have character problems. And I think Spotlight does a much better job with its characters, but at the end of the day, I still think they both have some pretty problematic issues with those aspects. Uh, last I checked uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 77, so I'm 21 points lower than Rotten Tomatoes for this one, which I'm totally fine with. Moving on to the director. The director is Michael Cuesta. Um... This is the second Michael Cuesta film that I've seen. Uh, it, it increases his average film rating to a 43. It is his only film rated in the 50s and his best movie. 
coming in ahead of American Assassin, which came out in 2017. Uh, his value is negative one. His score increases to 20.5. Uh, so he's ranked 1,520th out of 2,800 um, directors. So that's you know, almost top half. Uh, he's tied with the directors. Um, nobody really that I know. Robert Gordon, who directed a documentary, Best of Enemies. Mark Hartley, who directed Electric Boogaloo, The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. They're all tied. Oh, and a lot more. Okay. Basically, he's tied with all these people who I gave, who have one movie that they directed that I rated 60. The Artist, In Your Eyes, Something from Nothing, The Art of Rap, Yes, God, Yes, The Truth About Meeting Women, Tora, 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 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one, The Procedure, Precious Images, Mr. Incredible and Pals, Metallica Through the Never, Kevin Hart, What Now, The Jane Austen Book Club, etc. Moving on. Um, writing. The uh, couple of writers on this one, uh, starting with Peter Landsman. This is his fourth writing credit that I've seen. Um, improving his average film rating to a 49 even. It is his third film rated in the 50s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of Concussion. Uh, his value is negative 1, and his score is 31.67. He is ranked 1,212th overall out of 5,750. So, you know, top quarter. Uh, tied with Dick Kenny, Kenny, who is the writer on... Chippendale, How to Be a Detective, How to Dance, and Chips Ahoy, some uh, Disney short films. Uh, he is just behind a cluster of people, at, uh, including Brian Nelson, who is one of the writers on Hard Candy, Wendell Mays, Oscar-nominated for his screenplay, Anatomy of a Murder, and ahead of Jeff Baina, who is the writer of I Heart Huckabee's last year's The Little Hours, and Life After Beth. Also credited for writing this are Gary Webb and Nick Shu. It is each of their first films uh, that I've seen. And uh, so they've average film rating of 56, one film rating in the 50s, it's their only, and best film. They have a score of 18.67. And they are tied for 3,450th place with a host of other people who have also directed or written films rated 56 including lion out of the furnace run silent run deep take me victoria and abdul they come in just behind andrew kevin walker whose biggest claim to fame is seven and just ahead of tim metcalf who wrote revenge of the nerds revenge of the nerds moving on to actors and this is Putting in the data for the actors uh, for this movie is really what made me want to do a statistics episode for this because it covers a ton of people. Big cast. And uh, we start out with the main man himself, Jeremy Renner. This is his 21st film credit. It drops his average film rating to a 71.52. It is his second film rated in the 50s and 17th best movie overall, coming in behind SWAT and ahead of The Bourne Legacy. Um, his average film rating or his film, film value stays at 17 and a half and his score drops to 82.8 he is now ranked 23rd overall one spot behind bill murray and one spot ahead of emma thompson 
Next up is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is Jeremy Renner's editor at the newspaper. This is her 16th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 68.06. It is her first and only film rated in the 50s and 12th best movie overall, coming in just behind Cask. Uh, C-A-S-Q-U-E is a short film, and just ahead of Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Uh, she has a value of 10 and a score of 70.50. She is now ranked 1,000... Nope, she is now ranked 158th, one spot behind Michelle Williams, one spot ahead of Tracy Walter. Next up is Lucas Hedges. Yes, Lucas Hedges is in this. Uh, he plays Jeremy Renner's son. He is, this is his 10th film credit. He has an, drops his average film rating to a 64.7. It is his first and only film rated in the 50s. And 7th best movie overall, just behind Dan in real life and just ahead of The Zero Theorem. He has a value of 5 and a score of 58.92. He is ranked 637th. One spot behind Derek Jacoby. One spot ahead of Danny Aiello. Aiello, Aiello. Next is Tim Blake Nelson. This is his 22nd film credit. Uh, drops his average film rating to a 59.18. It is his second film rated in the 50s and 13th best movie overall. Just behind The Incredible Hulk and just ahead of The Big Year. Uh, he has a value of 3.5 and a score of 57.75. He is ranked 724th overall, just behind a couple of people tied at 721, uh, including Irfan Khan, Freddie Highmore, and Gunnar Bjornstrand. Gunnar Bjornstrand. Uh, and he is one spot ahead of Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Next is Michael Kenneth Williams. This is his 11th film credit. Uh, he has an average film rating of 55.45, and it is his second film rated in the 50s. It is his eighth best film overall, coming in behind Inherent Vice and ahead of Robocop. Uh, I assume that's the remake, otherwise it would be rated higher. He has a value of 1.5 and a score of 48.42. Uh, he is tied with Rami Malek and is one spot behind Daisy Ridley, uh, Ray from Star Wars. And he's one spot ahead of Jodie Whittaker, who is the new Doctor Who. Next is Rosemarie DeWitt. This is her 13th film credit. Uh, she increases her average film rating to a 54.77. It is her second film rated in the 50s and sixth best movie overall. One spot behind Digging for Fire and ahead of Nobody Walks. She has a film value of negative 1.5 and a score of 45.97. Uh, she's ranked 1,849th, which is a spot behind Vin Diesel, a spot ahead of Josh Pence. Next is Oliver Platt. Uh, this is his 33rd film credit and increases his average film rating to a 52.18. Uh, this is his Fifth film rated in the 50s and 17th best movie overall. One spot behind Letters to Jackie and just ahead of Rules Don't Apply. He has a value of negative 3.5 and a score of 45.7. He is ranked 1,871st. Uh, 
which is tied with Joe Van Fleet, Oscar winner Joe Van Fleet for the movie East of Eden, uh, as well as Kathy O'Donnell, Rick Young, and Roberta Maxwell. He's one spot behind Kira Sedgwick and one spot ahead of Randall Duke Kim. Duke Kim? Duke Kim? Uh, very close to him is Ray Liotta. This is Ray Liotta's 24th film credit on my spreadsheet and improves his average film rating to a 52.71. It is his uh, second film rated in the 50s and 12th best movie overall. Uh, just behind Date Night and just ahead of Better Living Through Chemistry. Uh, his film value is negative 3 and his score is a 45.65. He is ranked 1,881st which is just behind uh, Peter Berg and Enrico Colantoni. Colantoni? Colantoni? And one spot ahead of Brian Stepanek. Stepanek. Next is Michael Sheen. Uh, This is his 26th film credit. He improves his average film rating to a 50.73. It is his 5th film rated in the 50s and 13th best movie overall. It comes in just behind Far From the Matting Crowd and just ahead of The Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. He has a film value of negative 5 and a score of 42.11, which puts him ranked... 2,330th, just behind Jennifer Hudson, and just ahead of Dina Merrill. Dina Merrill. Hmm. Next is Paz Vega. This is her fifth film credit, and drops her average film rating to a 57.6. It is her third film rated in the 50s, and third best film overall just behind 10 items or less, and just ahead of Spanglish. Uh, she has a film value of 0 and a score of 41.14, which ranks her at 2,439th, tied with Patti Lapone. She's one spot ahead of Bai Ling, one spot ahead of Wolf Collar. Wolf Collar. Hmm. Who is in Raiders of the Lost Ark? The more you know. Next is Richard Schiff. This is his 12th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 48.67. It is is his fourth film rated in the 50s and fourth best movie overall behind Dr. Doolittle and ahead of I Am Sam. He has a value of negative 2.5 and a score of 39.21. He is now ranked 2,668th, which is just behind Michael York, just ahead of Jack Oakey. Next is Yul Vasquez. This is his 10th film credit and improves his film average, average film rating to a 48.5. Uh, it is his second film rated in the 50s and fourth best movie overall behind American Gangster and ahead of War of the Worlds, the Spielberg version. He has a value of negative 3 and a score of 37.42, ranking him 2,845th. Um, tied with Brittany Murphy, one spot behind uh, Joe Murray, Ben Barnes, and Kristen Wilson, and a spot ahead of Arthur O'Connell. Next is Barry Pepper. This is his 11th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 45.82. It is his second film rating in the 50s and fifth 
best movie overall behind 25th hour and ahead of Lennon or McCartney. He has a film value of negative three and a score of 35.77. He's ranked 3,004th, just behind Abby Lee and just ahead of Anna Gasteyer. Anna Gasteyer, who's in Mean Girls and What Women Want. Next is Andy Garcia, his 18th film credit. Improving his average film rating to a 46.11, it is his third film in the 50s and seventh best film overall just behind Ocean's 12 and just ahead of Oscar-nominated performance in The Godfather Part 3. He has a film value of negative 9 and a score of 32.5. He's ranked 3,294th, just behind um, Ian Grufford. Grufford? Grufford? He played Mr. Fantastic in the early aughts. Fantastic Four movies. He has a silly name. Uh, just just ahead of Gabriel Macht, John Forsyth, Red Buttons, Tina Majorino, Majorino, Emily Osment, Rochelle Hudson, Boyd Banks, Emily Radishkowski, Julie Newmar, and Grace Glowicki, all tied at 3,295. Next is Robert Patrick. He This is his 23rd film credit and improves his average film rating to a 45.39. It is his fourth film rating in the 50s and ninth best film overall, behind Ladder 49 and ahead of Lenore McCartney. Uh, he has a value of negative 9.5 and a score of 32.26. He's ranked 3,317th. Uh, puts him behind Walter Connolly and... Uh, Peggy Wood, Oscar nominee Peggy Wood for The Sound of Music, and ahead of Florence Pugh, uh, who is in Lady Macbeth, who was fantastic in Lady Macbeth. That's it for actors. Uh, moving on to genre, um, rated 56 from 2014. It is a crime movie, dropping the average film rating for crime movies to 59.6. It is a drama, dropping the average film rating for dramas to 61.65. It is also a mystery, uh, dropping the average film rating of mysteries to 56.19. And it is a thriller, uh, increasing the average film rating of thrillers to 54.37. I tagged it as a one on the Bechdel test with multiple female characters that never speak to each other. Uh, and it is rated R by the MPAA. Uh, it was not nominated for any Academy Awards. And then going to the year for it. So this is a 2014 update of the year, which is interesting because I've only ever done 2016 and 2017. Um, 2014, it is the 305th film released in 2014 that I've seen. Uh, it is the 131st film. That's not true. Uh, I don't remember what number it was at the time, but I've now seen 131 films in the year of 2018 already. Uh, keep in mind, it is still January, so kind of big, uh, kind of a lot. Um, it improves the average film rating of 2014 films to 52.07. It improves the tomato meter of 2014 films to 63.08. Um... 
It is a crime film. It is the 24th crime film from 2014 that I've seen. It is a drama. It is the 151st drama. It is a mystery. It is the 50th mystery. And it is a thriller, the 57th thriller. As a one on the Bechtel test, it is part of the 36.39% of films from 2014 that have a one on the Bechtel test, uh, which is the uh, most frequent recurring uh, most frequent category from that year. Um, as a R-rated movie, it is the 68th R-rated movie I saw from 2014. And that number is probably substantially lower than what it's supposed to be because I have not gone through and updated all of the movie ratings for everything I've seen at this point. Uh, case in point, I have 170 of the 305 films rated. Uh, so I, I would expect that number to be at least double, um, if not more. And then it does not factor into my top 300 nor the IMDb two top IMDb top 250. Uh, and I'm, that's pretty much where I'm going to leave it. Um, I will say that it does not at this time factor into my 2014 Circle of Film Award uh, situation. So, yeah. Renner is good. Um, Renner's acting is probably the best aspect of the film in and of itself, uh, but he just doesn't quite break into that category. Um, uh, given that came up, um, some of the people in that category um, for 2014's male lead uh, include Chadwick Boseman, uh, Michael Keaton, um, Brendan Gleeson, Brendan Gleeson, yeah, Brendan Gleeson, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Andy Serkis. Those are the five current spot holders in the 2014 male lead category. Dun, dun, dun. So keep that in mind. Um, moving on, that's pretty much it. Um, big movie for Renner. It dropped him a couple of spots. Uh, he was trying to think he was above he was above um, Gene Hackman prior to that um, so he actually he was in the top 20 before that movie he fell up three spots or so four spots um, behind Hackman Tatsuya Nakadai and Bill Murray so uh, tough break but I mean fuck still 20 still top 25 still top two top 50. And then uh, lastly, just for Jeremy Renner, uh, as that was the most popular film of his that I hadn't seen, uh, if we ignore Avengers movies, then the new top most popular film of his I haven't seen is from 2002 called Dahmer the Cannibal, in which Jeremy Renner plays Jeffrey Dahmer, also starring Bruce Davison and... I don't recognize any of these other names. Directed by David Jacobson, who did nothing significant that I can tell. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's that. So, Jeremy Renner. What a guy. Uh, but he is going to be in the Avengers movie this year. So, uh, I can only expect that to be positively rated. So... I fully expect to see that bump him up, probably back into the top 20. Uh, 
Uh, he might be able to flirt with top 15 if the movie's that good, but that's that's probably a stretch. It would have to be high 80s, maybe even 90s, and I think that's, that's going to be tough. That's going to be really tough. So, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, it occurred to me uh, recently that... I think the idea and the the premise behind statistics episodes isn't really about the movie at all, for the most part. Uh, the movie is just the um, the current on which the rest of the information flows. So you know, this is these episodes are far more about the actual people involved in the movie, the director, the writer, the actors, and then the statistics behind them. I mean, obviously, I mean that's kind of a given. It's a statistics episode, but. You know, other than like the two sentences in the beginning of the episode or the beginning of the statistics part where I kind of went through my small quibbles with the movie really doesn't matter what I felt about the movie outside of this number that I have attributed to it, 56. So, I don't know. I thought I thought of that. thought I'd share it. It's an interesting thing. Um, cool. So... Yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, appreciate it every time, all the time. If you would like to get in touch with me, uh, if you want to ask me anything about anything, if you would like to learn more about the spreadsheet, if you want to know what I think about a movie, what I rated a movie, if you want to share a top 250, top 100 movie list with me, I'm all for it. I'd love to see it and uh, use it actually. Um, you can do that with email, circleoffilm at gmail.com, uh, or Twitter, at circleoffilm. If you would like to learn more about the show, more about the podcast, more about the episodes, um, if you want to see old Circle of Film Award winners, current nominees, uh, and records and the like, you can head over to circleoffilm.com for all that, um, and much more. There's a lot of content over there. And uh, if you would like to support the show, you can do that on Patreon, patreon.com slash circle of film. Plenty of options over there. Uh, check it out. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.